A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey friends, have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we may still struggle in our intimate relationships? My husband and I have a great relationship, but we are not relationship coaches. And we know that yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational support from a relationship specialist. If you're going through some kind of challenge right now in your relationships, my friend Jason Gaddis at the Relationship School can help. Jason's team will pair you up with a skilled relationship coach And within 48 hours, you'll be getting private one-on-one support on whatever you're going through relationally. And right now, for my listeners only, Jason is offering half off one month of relationship coaching. Head over to relationshipschool.com slash Laura to get the deal and watch your relationships improve. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. Joined, as always, by my beautiful, intelligent, amazing co-host, Kristen Williams. Hey, everybody. I'm giving a shimmy for you. She's shimmying. You got to go to the YouTube to see us in action. (laughs) Make sure you check it out. All right. Oh, Um, that was fun. That was. Okay. All right. We're going to hit the ground running here. I'll launch off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. This is from Rue. Rue says, hi, Lauren, Kristen. Love the podcast. Can't get enough of lit. Thank you for all you do. Well, thank you, Rue. I've got a question specifically about 9090 Lunge as it features so regularly in lit classes. I thought it might be a good one for Q&A. I recently stepped up how much lit have been practicing for maybe a couple times a week, postpartum classes, building myself back up to now practicing every day. It feels great. However, I've recently started to feel an ache just in front of my right hip where the femur head meets the acetabulum. I figure it's hip impingement, so I'm going less deep into my squats and lunges and really focusing on pelvic positioning. I only practice lit, so don't do any sinking forward hip opening stretches. I feel a squeeze anteriorly if I do a deep flex, but the real irritation comes at the extension end when I do a 90-90 lunge. When I hang out in slight anterior tilt with no glute engagement, against all your advice, I know, it feels fine, but when I draw my pubis up and engage my glute, it really feels like it's driving my femur head forwards in the labrum 
and pressing into, pressing into it, making it sore. I'm refraining from curling my toes under at the moment, which seems to take some of the pressure off. I don't feel this discomfort in any other postures except for similar reasons in a high crescent lunge. Could it be that I'm overdoing it with the glute activation and actually going into posterior tilt, or do I just need to back off for a while and let the tissues recover? If so, are there any lit classes that would be suitable for the hip impingement recovery period, or alternatively, ways to modify where it wouldn't put pressure on that area? She attached um, some photos for reference. So I don't have them here, uh, but I mean, I can't show them here, but I will describe what I'm seeing. And it's a lovely Rue with her little baby, adorable. Rue, your position is lovely. But the fact that you're reporting that, um, I'm actually not looking at that area. I immediately wanted to look above. And so what I saw is exactly what I would think I might see, which is it's actually your rib cage. So imagine that you're stacking your thorax over your pelvis, but your thorax is a little bit forward, even if your pelvis is neutral. And then you attempt to pull the pubic bone up. You don't have your the ribs, the, your weight, even though it's micro amount, the center of mass is a little bit pushed forward because of the ribs. And then you're pulling the pubic bone up, the ribs aren't going to change. So where the, you're going to feel it is below. And that's what you're feeling because your 90-90 looks great. You're not in the in range of that, the, the labrum pushing forward from a pelvis standpoint. But because your ribs are not over your pelvis, that's what's happening is that you aren't, you know, you're, you're not aligning that. So the first thing I would say, and this happens a lot with people, when they get 90-90, and especially if they've been doing the, the you know, deep low lunges and stuff like that, it actually feels different and sometimes good, but sometimes not great. So if I drew a line from the center of your humeral head, so her arms are up, and I put it and it was in line, it's not in line with the center of your hip. It's a, a little bit forward of that because your ribs are a little bit forward of that. And that, especially after pregnancy, is pretty common because when the baby's growing, your ribs actually move forward with the uterus. And sometimes that is with a anterior pelvic tilt, sometimes it's not, but that movement, that shift of the lower ribs forward will remain for almost all women because that's what you've been accustomed to. And then you add, you know, you've got some um, breast tissue that's bigger, possibly you're still nursing, or it's just bigger anyway after, you know, all those things, um, have to be kind of sorted back out and the your pelvis looks good but now you need to think of actually bringing your front ribs not rounding the back which a lot of people will do in in it like they're just kind of oh i gotta pull that back it's actually taking them back in space and filling up your back ribs so instead of thinking of anything happening in the glute because your glute, what we want it to do is that we don't want it to be squeezing. We want it to automatically just stabilize the pelvis against anything that's moving. And so my 90-90, I'm pretty stacked. I don't need to worry about the rib cage. So what I think about is growing the spine tall. And the glute is just working just enough to stabilize against that upward lift, you know, so, so the pelvis doesn't tip. And that's what you want. You don't want any kind of forcefulness in the glute, just enough to stabilize but think about bringing your bit, your ribs back in space. And um, 
I have posted before and I've given this before to people, but having like a towel or a strap around your lower back ribs in low lunge and just think about pushing into the strap ever so slightly. See if that helps, Rue. I have a feeling that could be it. Um, and if not, the other option, and then I'll let KB say, the other option is that that front line is pretty tight, restricted. And so you can put a block under your knee that tends to like free up a little bit of the pull across the anterior hip that you're talking about. Um, and think of less of, again, the glute pushing forward or the pubic bone lifting up. And think about the internal pelvis, the, the organs of the pelvis kind of lifting up to help this upward lift that's not just targeted into the front of the pelvis, but the entire pelvic contents getting a little bit um, more buoyant. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I, agree with, I agree with you. I was trying to find the email because I knew you were reading it, so I deleted it, and then I was like, oh, I can go check my track because I wanted to look at the picture. Did you find it? Um, I couldn't find it, but... Um, my first thought was, I wonder what her ribs look like. What, I where can are I, how ribs? about this? I'll share the screen. I can do that. Uh, so again, yeah. if you're not, if you're, if, go to our YouTube so you can see this. Um, so Chris, Kristen can see this. Here, here she is. And let me just pull this up a little bit so you can see. So this is when her glute is engaged, but you can see this is more forward. This needs to be like this part needs to be more broad and back. Would you agree with that? Yeah. No, I do, and I, um, I do, I do. You can see. I mean, I, I do see this a lot where people get really, they do almost over engage that. That, mm -hmm. that you can see how her, you know, that little baby's so cute. I know, but how she is kind of really firing up that that buttock, which can. I mean, it's going to extend your hip, so it is going to, you know, push that femur forward. What where like we want an engagement, but not like a. Some people. It's again that pendulum swinging too right. far the other way, where they go too much and it pushes. Which I think, like you said, and then I was wondering when, as soon as she said it feels better to have my toes untucked, that yes, that she probably has some tightness in the quad in that anterior chain. That she's then, you know, then you tighten the glute, so you tighten that anterior line up even more, and then you tuck the toes, and it's you're pulling it on on two ends, um, but. I have seen a lot of people when they're trying to get their triple S, like kind of like you say, uh, said, Laura, they forget about the rib portion. They are only thinking about the shoulder blades so yeah. that they will pop that, you know, the, the ribs kind of shift forward, um, which can absolutely have an effect in that front of the hip. And we also need to remember, like, the cues we're giving people are broad cues. And they might not fit for you. So if you're like Rue and you say, this hurts, then be fully in the in the mindset, the knowledge that you can, like she said, I kind of, now she'll go to anterior tilt to make it feel better, which I wouldn't recommend, especially given that she's postpartum, but relax the glute a little bit. I love your idea. Get the block underneath the knee because you've spent nine plus months and I say plus because then we're like carrying around the baby and a kind of in a funny posture most likely after being a new mom and having a baby that your body's not going to go right back to where it was and mm -hmm. so 
be patient knowing that that's going to take time. So if you're feeling that discomfort in the front of the hip, that's your body telling you something. Mm -hmm. So where I would not go and change the pelvis, I would maybe, like you said, Laura, breathe into the backside of the ribs, make sure the the rib cage is in the right spot. I love to see that she was sort of lifting up, but she might have been lifting up so much that she's pulling from above, you know, to where she is right now because she is probably tight in that anterior line that a year and a half ago she wasn't. So this is where it is this funny minute of, or many months, more than a minute, of of, of really meeting your body where it's at and making little adjustments and also knowing that when we're cueing you, you also need to have that executive functioning of that cue doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at myself, which I love that she took pictures. She sent pictures. So, you know, she's doing the 90-90, which is excellent. But, you know, you know, just adjusting things for your body. And I would argue for probably she was over gripping in that buttock too. Yeah, which... because even like here's the... Um... Here's the after. Is this the after? Yeah. So she's actually not really anteriorly tilting there. It's more that she's, her ribs are for, you can even see like her shoulder flexion doesn't look like it's as free, right? It's there's some kind of right around the bra line area that, that area, that low hinge is sticky. And so, um, yeah, I think a block would be really helpful. And I think um, just, uh, yeah, like not every cue is going to apply more kind of internally. How do you find space, find space and lift out of the pelvis versus just trying to rigidly hold the pelvis? And, and you know, we try our best to convey it as these are spectrums and, and gradients, but um, it sounds like everything else is going great, Rue. So let us know. Yeah. Yeah. I will say just looking at that, too, I think that, in, you know, when she said I let go of the anterior tilt, I really think she was, she's, don't forget, we can correct the pelvis. It, it shouldn't be happening only at the glute, you know? Yeah. When we, we want that to happen at the core because if Inside. you look at her glute, yep. her glute tone yeah. was like she shut her glute off in the, in the painless person, painless picture versus it was really fired up. And, you know, yeah. I think pushing her forward, it looked like you said, it wasn't really an anterior tilt, but her glute was relaxed. So I think that like she was doing that over firing, thinking that I'm I'm neutralizing my pelvis when in fact where we want to really find neutral pelvis is from the abdominal line, you know, more so than that glute pushing us into that hip extension. So no. yeah, keep up the good work, Rue. I, I hope that those cues help. Yeah. All right. Um, we got another. Uh, message in over our um support at lit yoga from a uh, lit yoga teacher recent teacher grad and faithful on our lit prime karen ryle she says uh first of all thanks so much for the weekly podcast it's always fascinating no matter what the topic i always find myself looking forward to it and savoring it every week so she gives a little background. She says, I'll kind of try to, it's a long email, which she even said this was really long. <laughs> um, recently, Laura posted an Instagram story, which she does a viral fitness challenge that I've been noticing popping in a few variations for a while. 
The challenge consisted of going from standing with ankles crossed to a cross-legged seated position to high kneel, then springing back to a low squat, all without using hands. Um, it really is driving her nuts that she can't do this um, because she feels like it highlights some weakness and restriction. So she says, I've been struggling with low squat for years. I suspect one part of my problem is ankle dorsiflexion because if I pl place a lift under my heels, I can do a squat. Low squats usually feel bad in my knees, even with a heel lift. Add in the cross ankles. I just, she says I have to plop, no control in lowering. Um, she says the kneeling part is a piece of cake. Um, but popping back into a squat, that seems impossible feat. So uh, she also says she has problems with her hips getting back, uh, my hips, getting my hips up high enough, I think, in poses like crow or even happy squat. So she also goes on to say if it's relevant, she has some knee problems. Double pigeon feels great to her, which is interesting, um, as do all external rotation moves. Uh, recently, a year ago, tore meniscus in the knee, um, ruptured popliteal cyst, and average arthritis. Doing lit has all but solved my knee issues, except when I try to do those low squat squats. Um, probably not relevant, but I did break my femoral my right femoral neck in an accident two and a half years ago. I'd um, say that's pretty relevant. I know. <laughs> she, I think it's fine now. So she's basically is any advice is appreciated is what she's looking for advice to, I think, be able to do a squat, maybe do this challenge that we put on there without trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, Laura, do you want to go into that fitness? Yeah. So uh, uh, it was uh, this. It was funny because we were in Costa Rica and we had this whole week there with people of all ages and and pretty much of various levels. But everybody is very familiar with lit. These are people that practice lit daily, so that was a commonality. But coming in, I wasn't sure um, how much. You know, we always add all kinds of options for for people because they'll have something. Um, that in their history or whatever that, that we have to be aware of. And we want to make sure that everybody feels like they can do some part of what we're offering. And I was so pleasantly surprised because people were amazing and I was able to really um, bring in some, some major juice. And, and one of the classes was a longevity flow. And it was this based on this Brazilian doctor who did research over, I mean, longitudinal research, um, studying how people who can, and, and many are probably familiar with this, but can lower to the ground to a seated position and, and his you lower and you come back up without using your hands there's not any of that maneuvering like this fitness test did and but a lot of people alone will have trouble with that you know crossing their ankles sitting down coming back up without using their hands because that is and the reason why this test why they can really correlate it with longevity is if you are mobile in all these big synovial joints big joints that allow you to move in so many ways that is going to keep you independent. It's going to keep your, it's going to improve your balance. It's going to probably, you're going to be more active because that's the way you maintain the the joint range of motion. So it's a really cool test and, and it's something that you can do anytime and, and check in. And I that's why I think Karen is like, I really want to be able to do this because of this correlation with longevity. Now, the one that she's referring to, the fitness test that I did on Instagram, it's similar. You, you come down the same way, but then you rock forward on your knees and then you rock back on your heels and stand up from there. And in some ways, it's, you know, it's just different. It's not less or 
more challenging, but um, I think it will reveal the control element. So the control of lowering, coming forward on the knees, and then being able to go back on your heels without taking your center of mass way back and falling over and then being able to come back up. All of that is requiring very, you know, our full range of motion of ankle, um, dorsiflexion, of knee flexion and hip flexion. And in that, which she's also noticing, is the control within the range. So you might have, you might be able to get a range of motion and increase your range of motion, but then you also have to be able to control it. Controlling meaning that you're not plopping down to the ground. You're con controlling the descent when you have gravitational forces, and then you're able to push into the floor and go up against gravity. So everything you've talked about, Karen, and having watched you, this is really your hips. This is, and the ankles. But, um, I think you're doing fabulous. So I think that you're very, uh, you're like a very driven personality. And this is for many people out there. So you see something and you get a little bit of it and you're, you're focusing on what you're not able to do. And I, I want you to focus on what you are able to do, which is you are able to do all these things um, around the mat, you know, big ranges of motion. And this one will this one will take some time. And and yeah, I think that hip injury, that fracture, even if you didn't have that, we're most people aren't going into these big ranges of hip flexion, ankle dorsiflexion with the heels loaded in that squat. Um, it's not in our culture, and so we have to uh, work it gradually. But I would focus a lot on increasing your hip flexion and gliding that femur into the acetabulum more. It might not go much more than that. And that's okay. That doesn't mean you're not going to live long. It just might mean that you're going to substitute a little bit. Okay. Um, that's what I would have to say. There's a lot more, but I, I'd love for KB to. Today's podcast is sponsored by AminoCo, my favorite company for amino-based supplementation. While I use many of their products today, I'm highlighting the purity line. Purity is just like it sounds like. It's designed to accelerate the export of fat triglycerides out of the liver, which helps reduce overall liver fat levels and helps maintain normal levels of liver enzymes. The liver is vital to all metabolic processes in the body and is primarily responsible for removing toxins, processing nutrients from food, breaking down fats, and building proteins. I use Purity as a bonus to help my liver function more optimally. Even though I'm living a pretty clean life, I feel better knowing that Purity is helping me filter out the inevitable toxins that we all encounter. This drink helps me feel refreshed and motivated to keep my organs functioning their best. I mix it with a powder in water or in my favorite smoothie. You can find out more about AminoCo in episode 569 when I interview the, one of the founders, Dr. Robert Wolf. You can also shop my favorite 100% science-based amino acid supplements and save 30%. Just enter code LIT at aminoco.com slash LIT. Again, aminoco, A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash LIT. Yeah, no, I completely agree with the hip flexion most likely because um, she's saying she has this amazing external rotation. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. A lot of people will see that they have great, they can, they can external, they can abduct, externally rotate to get the flexion, but they really don't have the pure flexion. And you're not alone. I, I would argue more people are like that than 
are like you or I who can bring our knees to our chest very easily. And and that's not like a yay me. That's like a, that's just, I think it's how I was built. Um, it's also because I've, it's my job. I mean, I've been a physical therapist. I've been climbing my entire life. People look at my job. Laura, you're the same way. You've been doing, you're physical therapist. You've been, so we've been moving this way our entire life. So we never lost it. And what we see is so many people, you get out of basically elementary school, maybe middle school, and you stop moving the way you used to. And then you get into a job. I know Karen is, you know, and she's a writer. She's a, it's a, she's a teacher, a, a professor. So, you know, she's sitting a lot. She does stand up to lecture, but, um, you know, she's never flexing her hips like that until she got into yoga. So, you know. To expect this to happen overnight is unrealistic. And I love, I love, love, love that you started off with, let's talk about what you can do mm -hmm. because she's, Karen's amazing. And then the foot and ankle is the same way. If you're not regularly squatting down, if you're not regularly getting in those positions, you're going to lose that range of motion. You amongst many others, which is why we see, you know, East versus West, where here we are in, in this Western civilization, we're sitting at chairs all day. You know, we're driving our car all day. We're, we are not, and we have East, which is much more, they're up and down, they're squatting, they're low, they're high. They aren't sitting at tables to eat. They're squatting down on the floor to eat. So they are more mobile in these joints. I agree with you, Laura, and I love that you said, just because you can't do that doesn't mean you're gonna not going to live as long. So, t you know, for like on Instagram, they're tying this to longevity and it's sort of like. It's a spectrum, it, just like everything. It's like a it's spectrum. Been, yes. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're so, doing, because uh, you're, we see you, you're moving in all these, the, the, that simple test, the extrapolation of that is that a person who's doing that probably is moving in a variety of ways to keep the joints supple yeah. and capable of doing that and the tissues capable of stretching. And, and we know you're doing that in lit. So yes. if you can't do that specific one, yeah. Or like you said, rocking back onto your heels, that that's a deep hip flexion. That's really, really deep when you're in parallel. I bet you might be able to do Mary Melosina, what we call Mary Melosina, or you know, a a lower Melosina easier where the feet are turned out because you don't it, you can kinda I don't want to say cheat that a little bit, but the femurs don't have to have such a direct glide because they've got also a spin to them. Um with the, you know, with flexion, they just they they're going straight on back and everybody to keep to KB's point, we're all different. Shoulders are not as variable, and we see a lot more significant changes in shoulder range of motion that really shouldn't be there. That's not good because pretty much everybody is born with the ability to circle their arm in 360. There's just it's just a looser joint. It doesn't have as many components that would limit some of that, but the hip is not the same. There are going to be people who are just that deep hip flexion. Is, they just don't, whether their femoral neck is too long and or longer, and it's just, it, there's only so far it can go, or the angle of the neck. So those things do, you, that's where you really can't compare yourself. It's like, how does it feel? Do you feel like you can get down and get up without a lot of assistance? There you go. There's your longevity. Hey, to the men. <laughs> All right. We've got one more question here that was sent Um over dm on instagram from our dear friend uh yana another um lit teacher 
just got to pull it up here. Why, why did I, what did I do? There we go. Albums. All right. And so she says, I was wondering if you could share your thoughts about overtraining. I feel like I've been seeing a lot come by lately on social media, stating the disastrous effects of overtraining, particularly for women with hormonal balance and all due to exercise, creating stress, a stress response in the body without actually going into detail about anything. I feel like only very little of us will actually run into this problem. Could you elaborate a little on this? Symptoms, for example. How much of an issue is it really in our society? I feel like lack of movement is the bigger issue, at least in my community. Um, she's from Belgium. I feel like these social media posts just kind of send out this message that some women are weak and should focus more on resting, which is something I just don't align with at all for many reasons. I'd be curious to hear your, your thoughts about it. And I mean, I'll just jump off on this, that social media, <laughs> my goodness gracious, it is all about clickbait. It's all about getting more clicks. It's all about being shocking. Um, do I think that there are some bad effects to overtraining? Absolutely. Do I think many people are overtraining? Absolutely not. I agree with her. Overtraining, I think, is if you're looking at someone who there are exercise addicts. You know, I think we have a very addictive, I think human beings are addictive. So we have addictive personalities. So some human beings are addicted to food, to drink, and some do become addicted to exercise. And they, you know, really tend to go big, go hard. If that's you, you may have issues with overtraining, but that is such a small percentage of the population. Do I think it affects women more than men? I do think that's a stretch. Yes, we have you know, hormones that need to be balanced a bit better, but I think again, it's clickbait. You know, who's on who's on social media? Who is a guy gonna click on? Am I overtraining? No, I don't think so. I mean, I just it's, I think they're targeting, they're targeting their audience. If I, I do not think overtraining affects women more than men. Um, I think women are total badasses. Our bodies are built <laughs> to carry children, to deliver babies, to sustain pain way more than men. Women have a higher pain tolerance than men. So I don't think, I think a lot of that is crap personally. Now, do I have science that I can pull up to back it up no but do I think I could find something absolutely yes um are there are, you know can you overtrain absolutely but I agree with Yana that the bigger problem in our society as well as hers is people not moving people people not moving well and people not moving enough so and then they maybe when they decide I'm gonna start exercising they don't know how to exercise properly you know, so there is exercise prescription and appropriate training. You don't want to go. Most people cannot just decide I'm going to go run a 5K. They're going to hurt themselves. They're they're going to, you know, have issues. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm in, I'm in agreement with Yana here. I don't think it affects women more. I think we need to be looking at getting people to move more, to move better. Uh, Laura, what else do you have to add to that? Well, this could be a topic on its own for sure. I mean, there's so much to say there. I mean, first of all, from an evolutionary standpoint, 
We are made to move and we're made to move in ways that aren't overtraining us, but that are like slow endurance, you know, with some little burst in there for sure. So we already have that kind of engineering. And to both of your point, most of us are not maximizing that. You know, we aren't moving enough. So I think it's like reframing the idea of we need more more um, moments of movement in there and more intentional movements. So like what we do in Lit Yoga, we, we're providing ways you can move in your life. Uh, so you can do 20 minutes on Lit, you can do 75 minutes, um, and it, they'll have different impacts, but overall you're educating your brain and your body how to better move, how to better manage stress, how to better manage your body, your, your center of mass against gravitational forces, how to add load, um, how to just stay healthy. So that's, so I guess the first thing is overtraining is going to happen in a small population. The way you know you're overtraining is you're going to have symptoms. You're going to feel fatigued. You're going to feel really fatigued. And that's your body's way of saying, please give me a rest. People can feel fatigued doing nothing. And your body might, so that is what I think these social media posts are about is like, yeah, we need to rest if we feel um stressed and strained and that feels that that would be nourishing or we need to rest because we've been overtraining but that doesn't mean you never need to move you know because those so we can't that's again you can't like it's it's a conflation of things like I'm really stressed my nervous system's out of whack my button you know everything's about movement and exercise and I just need to rest rest is amazing but rest is a is the balance. It's like the the pendulum. You have to do both sides of it. We talk about this in 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 lit. Like we move and we're you know raising our heart rate up. We're challenging ourselves, and then we get down and we actually sometimes our shavasana is five minutes. I'm not saying it shouldn't be longer than that, but what it's showing us is that we how adaptable are we to be able to go into that restorative state, that parasympathetic state. That is what people need to work on, is nervous system intelligence. And so body telling you to rest might be that you're stressed in your nervous system, but movement, gentle movement, frequent, not like long time, can also be. So there's not like one direct answer, um, but true overtraining, you, you know, you're just setting yourself up for being fatigued, being so much more likely to have injury and illness, your body, you just, all of kind of your defense mechanisms are like, uh, you, you really um, decrease your ability to recover well. And therefore, you know, that, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? The threshold, the threshold so, of which you can handle things coming, like illness, you know, handling strain, handling infection is really lowered when you truly are ever training. And that's, again, a whole other podcast, but I agree. Most people aren't in that category. We're talking like endurance athletes, people who are like really, really pushing hard, waking up sore, waking up exhausted, or doing this and, and you know, losing weight, losing their period, changing their the kind of hormonal, the cellular makeup. Um, and But that's, that, that's at a very high level. Um, the stress of daily life and what people are going through impacts your hormones, including your stress hormone, and that impacts your whether you're a male or not. We, but the um, female hormones that that she's referencing—that's where the hormones can be, uh, you know, out of whack and st such like that. But yeah, rest, recover when you need to, but 
move because you're going to be able to know when you're resting. Like you can rest better when you've moved. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and, a lot more to yeah. say there, but everybody move, but I think stop thinking of it as punitive or something that has to be checked off. It's life. It's life. Your body, your body wants the movement. Your brain wants it. Your nervous system wants it. Your circulatory system, your lymphatic system, cardiopulmonary, everything. But it's not punitive. It's really meant to be therapeutic. Well, and I like that she's questioning social media. Keep questioning social media yeah. because you can't ever you can't reduce things to a soundbite. It's really unfortunate. I, yeah. I see this in the PTs. They go back and forth. Like they have like this PT says, "Oh, you should never do this," and another one like is mocking that one and saying, "Here, look, I'm doing it and I'm fine." And it's like. We're losing something here because there are nuances. And it's um, so, yeah, social media, just, you know, take it for what it is. <laughs> watch the animal bite. stuff. Like, that's what Laura and I watch. That's we all watch, we like, do. We watch animal animals, stuff. Oh, my gosh. They're comedians. hilarious. That's, like, I use it for comic relief. <laughs> totally. Use it for comic relief. <laughs> and then get your movement by coming on to lityoga.com and practicing with us. Because what we're we really, go. our intention is truly to educate and empower you. So your intelligence about what you need, not what I'm telling you or KB's telling you, but what you need is going to be refined and and tuned in. And then you don't have, you won't be, you know, pulled in all these directions. I see people who are trying a million different types of exercise. They try all the different sub subscription platforms. They're ping-ponging around. It's like, find something that makes you feel joyful and yeah. that doesn't make you feel like, Oh my gosh, I've got to do this because X, Y, Z. Do it, do it for you because it makes you feel better. Love it. Love it. All right. So kids, you know where to find us. You can write us directly on social media. We are there. Direct message me at Laura.hyman or Kristen at KBWilliams99 or at the podcast itself, Redefining Yoga Podcast. Please follow. We really appreciate that as well as rate, subscribe, review, and share this podcast with friends. But you could also yep, find you us. Can, yeah, you can also find us uh, via email. If you're an email alert, support at lit yoga. That's L-Y-T yoga dot com. Those get forwarded to us and we will answer there. You can also uh, send in your questions anonymously. If you don't want your name, um, you know, put out there, but you have a burning question, we will honor that 100 percent. So, um, yeah. Yeah. This is our this is our playtime. We have fun. And, you know, as always, uh, double check, you know, like with other people, too. We're just giving you our opinions and our are as women, as mothers, as movers, as physical therapists, as humans in the world. So we're here for you, as always, pulling, we're pulling for you. For you. Woo! <laughs>